I'm Liv. I'm Steve. I'm Jenny. And this is Fish Out of Water, a podcast for epileptics by epileptics who are not medical professionals. How you doing? Good. <laughs> I'm still here. Jenny's still here. Yay! She wandered off the streets again. Mm-hmm. I'm driving, so I have to stay. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm having such a good time with you guys. It is fun having you here. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Spices everything up for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little change isn't bad. I am very spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that you had some interesting events happening in your life recently. Yes. So my husband, Ben, his stomach had been hurting for a couple of days. Uh, yeah, going on for a few days. We were kind of chalking it up to nerves because he's been off of work for a little while um, on sick leave. And uh, so we were like, okay, well, maybe you're nervous. And he's also had a history of diverticulitis. So he was thinking maybe that's acting up. So that was like Wednesday. And then like Sunday morning is Sunday is when I sleep in. He gets up with Harry at like seven. I sleep in until about 10. And I come downstairs and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, I'm going to get my brother to drive me to the hospital. I'm like, what? And he's like, well, my stomach kind of went from like three to seven. I'm like, and you let me sleep in? (laughs) What is wrong with you? I could see me doing that. I I can empathize with you. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, Jesus. So he's decided it's diverticulitis again. So he'll go to the hospital. He he can't drive himself because they're going to dope him up. So he won't be able to drive. And it doesn't make sense for me and Harry to go with him. So he's like, okay, they're going to dope me up. They'll give me the antibiotics. I'll come home. I'll be fine. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Fine. So Cam, his brother comes and picks him up, takes him to the hospital and he's high on dilated. Yeah. Just texting me and texting me and i'm like oh for god's sake what's wrong with you and he's like okay have a ct they're testing for diverticulitis kidney stones and appendicitis he says his pain is getting worse and worse and worse the uh, painkillers aren't helping very much and then i get this text i have appendicitis i have to have surgery and i'm like your stomach has been hurting for three days no. <laughs> Oh, my God. So I'm, like, freaking out. I call my sister, Dr. Boo. And I'm like, okay, he's got appendicitis, and uh, he has to have surgery. Is he going to die? And she's like, are you kidding? No. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the second most common surgery done next to gallbladder surgery, apparently, is the most common yeah. surgery ever done. So she's like, oh, my God. Just he'll be fine. He could even be let out the same day. It's yeah. So by now, it's, like, five now, to be fair, it's something that would be life-threatening back in the day. Like yes. Before we had modern medicine and so forth. Yes, I agree. But now we do. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I can't drive. So I, I'm freaking out. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it was um, pretty crazy. We went and visited him before he was sent in to the... Before he went to the OR. And then I had to... I had people reaching out, actually... <laughs> One of my favorite parts. So he's high when we go see him. Mm-hmm. Well, Dilaudid does that. Yeah. <laughs> and he thought it was not addictive. Oh, For some oh, reason, he he's very addictive. Yes. He was told it wasn't. And I'm like... Who the hell told him that? In the hospital. Again, he was high. Okay. So I think he was like, oh, it's not morphine. So it must not be addictive. Well, it's a, a synthetic know. morphine. That's well, what Dilaudid is. It's hydromorphone. Right. Oh, my God. So... 
I get there and he's uh, got his phone and he likes to, uh, he plays RPG um, mm. about like once a week with his friends and he's on his phone and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just letting the guys know it's, it's uh, Sunday. He's like, I'm just letting the guys know that I can't RPG tomorrow. But Friday might work, so I'll just let them know that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So he's just like, guys, I got appendicitis, so not tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my God, you dumbass. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that's very considerate of him. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So I had people reaching out to me, like, left, right, and center, like, are you okay? Do you need a ride to work? So Ben's mom came down the following afternoon and stayed with us for, like, over a week to help Ben out around the house and uh, drove me to work and Harry to daycare. I totally lucked out in the in lot of Department. They're just amazing people. Yay. Oh my God. It was, it, it's been crazy. He's doing a lot better, but we all got a cold and usually he's able to get over it in like two days, but the antibiotics just killed his immune system. So mm-hmm. I've had to put up with a man cold times 10. Oh, so I've been joking. He thinks he's the victim here. Like, because oh <laughs> Harry's got this cold. Ben's got this cold. I have this cold. Oh, God, it's been... Oh, it's been challenging. Sounds like a very relaxing week you've had. Liv. Oh, it's been great. I did say, how did I put it the other day? Uh, Harry had a doctor's appointment, so I got to sleep in about an hour because I was going to go in after the doctor's app- to work after the doctor's appointment because it didn't make sense to go in for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get up about an hour later than we normally would, which was nice little hour of sleep. Went to the doctor's appointment, which was about an hour. Went to work and then Ben dropped Harry off at daycare. And came home. And then uh, this was Thursday, so I went to kickboxing when I went home and saw you guys. Mm. And, uh, sorry, I saw Jenny. Steve had mm-hmm. to work because he's an adult. Yeah, I was working night yeah. shift. Uh, evening shift. Yeah. Um, so I get home from the dojo. And uh, I'm like, hey, could you put Harry to bed tonight? And Ben's like, I want a chance to play a game. You know, because, like, I haven't had a chance yet. I'm like, okay, what did you do? When you got home from Harry's doctor's appointment, he's like, I rested and I watched the Liverpool game. And I just stared at him and went, okay, I went to kickboxing for an hour after work. And then he was just very quiet and picked Harry up and said, okay, let's go to bed. I'm like, God, I had to spell that out for him so hard. I do like putting Harry to bed because it's nice to just like hold him and I'm the last thing he sees when he goes to sleep but I like the opportunity to a little bit of alone time is very important for parents for everyone for everyone absolutely and the smaller the area you live in the more important the alone time that's true yeah personal time but uh yeah it's been um yeah I think if we had a tent or a kid in our apartment we get a lot more use out of our tent yeah. <laughs> We'd be sending one another into the woods once in a while to be like, you stay there. Yeah. and Take uh, the kid. <clears throat> yeah. It, it would be one of those things like, okay, right now we have our own alone time by having headphones and we each do our own thing for periods of time during the day. We literally just put on headphones and face screens in opposite directions. <laughs> so you're together, but not... To, yeah, we Ben and I used to do that in our mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah, it, it's a small apartment. So it's one of those things where if you want alone time, that's kind of what you have to do. Because there's not even separate rooms in our apartment. It's no. one. Oh, that's right. You're kind of like in a loft. Yeah. yeah. So there's only the one area. So yeah. you kind of have to create your alone time. Mm-hmm. My alone time is getting my phone and hiding in the bathroom with the door closed, just pretending that oh. I am sick. 
I love bathrooms for that reason. Just you can just have your own time and nobody's going to go in there except kids that may not know better. But that's why it has a lock on the door. Mm-hmm. And then you can just have your own time and just sit there and uh, relax. Yeah. Unless your partner also needs to pee, in which case it's like, boom, boom, boom. please <laughs> have mercy, sir. I've got Harry potty training now, so I have to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Just watching the Try Guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the good side, that will only happen for a while. Then you'll be back to having the ability to have alone time again. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I also don't want him to grow up. So, <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna Norma Bates him. So, what's, what's our th- theme? Yeah, what's our theme today? I'm so excited for our theme. It's kind of interesting. So, this is a theme we're not gonna try and piss people off, but it's epilepsy versus exorcism. I'm gonna put it out there. I love supernatural stuff. I am super in. Like, I just I've lived in a haunted apartment. I absolutely believe in this stuff. Okay. So. Which makes it a, a good, interesting back and forth because You're I'm the... you skeptic? Yeah. Oh, skeptic of the skeptic. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I find everything, basically, uh, there should be a scientific or medical reason for literally everything in the world. Just because we don't know it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's yeah, my... we don't know ghosts exist doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. So Liv is a believer, Steve is a skeptic, and I am a ghost who has possessed the body of a woman. So we have all three perspectives. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yes, you get to be like the tiebreaker. You get to be the tiebreaker. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh, I love this so much. But we will still do our usual corners, of course. Yeah. So I'll start off with uh, our famous fellow fish. Right. Now, this one is a potential famous fellow fish. They don't know for sure. And the reason is she was born in 1412. Can you guess who it is? I saw your notes. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. Joan of Arc. I love her. Yeah. Joan of Arc's pretty cool. Badass. It's it's interesting because uh, a lot of people who know her story, they immediately go to schizophrenia. But the thing is, and I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. I made a, I don't like that face. <laughs> That's why he like. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, without having seen someone to have a modern medical diagnosis of the person, we're kind of going on what was written down back in the day and notes essentially and trying to figure things out. So there's a corner of the medical world that would say, oh, she had schizophrenia. And then there's a corner of the medical world that said she had epilepsy. And I'll tell you why. Because she heard voices uh, on a fairly regular time. Like but she, that could also be an basis. aura. Yes, well, this is the thing. She heard saints in her head and believed she needed to help the king of France to reconquer his kingdom against the English at the time. And this is why when the English got her, they burned her at the stake because she's, they thought she was a heretic and they thought that because she was hearing voices and all these things like this, that she was a witch. Yeah. So they burned her at the stake at the age of 19. Hmm. Yeah, it was kind of brutal. So, but the thing to think about is the voices. Now, what the, one specific doctor who is a neurologist, uh, his idea of why it might be epilepsy is it's a condition that's called idiopathic partial epilepsy with auditory features. Now, okay. that's a long term for saying genetic predisposition to having seizures uh, relating from the temporal lobe. So it's a focal seizure. So it's in the temporal lobe, one of the areas that translates auditory input. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's times when this particular condition uh, comes out. And one of the times is when you're sleeping. And she would hear these voices when she's sleeping. 
And she would also hear the sound of a bell. Now, a lot of fish will hear ringing as part of their aura. So this is one of the things that suggests that she had a genetic predisposition to this kind of input. Now, you can also get a lot of those inputs with schizophrenia. Now, the problem is why one versus the other? So they're looking at a lot of the evidence. And when she was, she was basically being grilled when she was captured. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is where it was written down and then put into the history books. This is why we have all this information. Right. It's not just word of mouth. It was actually written down from interviews. Now, the interviews were trying to get her to confess to being a witch. So they were doing their nice little torture bit and things like that. But she did admit to a lot of these things, which eventually came out. And this is where our information comes from with Joan of Arc. So was she ever described as having anything that could be described as a seizure? I mean, like, this all sounds like a lot of aura stuff. And I know seizures are different for every fish, but they do seem to present, like, physical symptoms pretty commonly. I did a a paper on her when I was in high school, and I, I do remember reading that she would hear bells, and I wasn't sure whether that was literal church bells, and loud sounds can cause seizures, and she would fall to her knees... Mm, okay. And cover her ears. Yeah. So that could be, once again, it can be read in several ways. You would need someone reading it f- or interviewing her from the perspective of a medical condition. Right. To actually figure out this a little more in depth. But what one of the things that they were trying to do, and this I found kind of interesting, is she had several lost letters. Like she sent letters and apparently one of the letters had her thumbprint in it when they were pushing down on the wax and had one of her hairs trapped in the wax. And this was something that they wanted to find again, and it's lost. But if they can find it, they can test the hair. If it still has the end on it, uh, the base. The root? The root, yeah. If they still have the root on it, they can test it for genetics. Isn't that 600 years old, though? Yeah, if it hasn't broken down enough, uh, they're much better at that type of stuff than they used to be. Hmm. So if it's broken down a bit, what they do is they do a system where it replicates what's there. And they get enough of the genetic material to be able to read. It really depends on the condition, though. If it was trapped in the wax, it would be less stuff, uh, oh, okay. less outside influences breaking it down. Right. It's sort of like having the mosquito trapped in amber. I was going to say, today, yeah. Joan of Arc, tomorrow, Stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the idea that if it was trapped there in the right way, they could do some genetic testing on it and test her for this particular type of condition because it is a genetic condition. So that was, and that would be one of the ways to try and figure out if it was in fact this, or if it was more likely schizophrenia. Schizophrenics have a tendency to be kind of a little more all over the place. Now they'll have consistencies in some voices and stuff, but they're a little more uh, difficult and they can be all over the place as far as their actions. She had a very specific goal and she thought these uh, saints that were talking to her were wanting her to help the king of france specifically and she went out to do that hmm okay um, you i see, see what, what you're I, saying there yeah yeah so it was it, like it's okay. it's very controlled in her thinking even though who knows where this influence was coming right so it could be one it could be another but she was very controlled in her actions and very determined in a particular field so that's why some of them were thinking leaning towards the epilepsy versus schizophrenia 
Okay. And I found that kind of fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know that part about her. I like that. That's very cool. Yeah, and I, it kind of falls into what we're talking about today: it does. epilepsy versus exorcism. Now, in this case, they You're basically had a heretic, and they burned her at the stake for that for being oh. a heretic and a witch oh, because God. she heard voices. Yeah. And I would like to say this is in the old days, but we're going to talk about this and uh, today, and about the today and oh, yesterday. No. We get hate for this. So keep in mind here. I don't. I I have nothing against religion. If you're not hurting anyone, that's okay. Yeah, to me, that's, just don't hurt anyone. That's all right. Yeah, that's kind of our our view on it. Feel the love, basically. But these are all situations in which people have been hurt. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're talking about. So we're talking yes. about specific parts of this. Yes. Uh, my not so fun fact is the Bible may contain the oldest recorded case of temporal epilepsy. Ooh. Yeah. Ezekiel. I do not know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's correct. That's correct. Oh, okay. Ezekiel, the prophet whose visions are recorded in a book of the Old Testament, apparently had all of the classic signs of the condition. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> oh, that's it. The end. Citations. That's all I could find. Hmm. So. If I was younger, I might be able to give more because uh, I grew up in a... Re- I will call it a religious household, but I will say that my parents are probably the best religious people you can imagine. They're, they believe it in faith, not religion. So they're not the type that's like, we'll do this because the Bible says so. They do it because it also makes sense. Okay. They're some of the nicest people you'll meet. They really are. So I used to know more about Ezekiel. I don't anymore. I am just happy that I pronounced the name correctly. Yep. You definitely nailed it. Nice. It's excellent. So our thoughts for this episode were that both Steve and I would do some research on people who had epilepsy but were considered to be possessed and epilepsy or some other kind of mental condition, Mm. possible psychosis or schizophrenia, were considered to be possessed and were therefore exercised. I love supernatural stuff. I love the idea of possession, but I also know that epilepsy and... Psychosis and schizophrenia could easily have been the answer for this, but I thought it would be a fun episode or not so fun episode to do. An interesting episode. A very interesting episode and thought it would be really, really fun to do and got very excited when Steve agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a looking into it. I knew this was something that used to happen a lot. It still happens. And it still happens a lot. I did not know that. I was so shocked. I got some statistics for you. Statistics? I have statistics too. I do not have any statistics. (laughs) I came without statistics. Uh, How about you start off statistics? Okay. So, for some of my research, I went to BuzzFeed Unsolved, which Mm -hmm. is a uh, fun YouTube channel if you're into, you know, you might enjoy it too because there's a very skeptical person on the show. Mm-hmm. And they try and find out if ghosts are real and stuff. So I absolutely love it. Yeah. For, um, the, for the audience out there, I'm a skeptic. I'm at someone that's like medical, uh, logical. And I have lived in a haunted apartment. Yeah. So like a very haunted apartment. And I've believed in ghosts since I was a little girl. And I will never stop. I also believe that the Loch Ness Monster is real. <laughs> and I like to pretend to believe that. I know that sounds weird, but I like to pretend to believe that the Megalodon is not extinct yeah just to piss off my husband and it's been very fun (laughs) okay so in this buzzfeed unsolved Mm -hmm. these two guys went to a catholic priest who is i'm not exactly sure what the word is do uh is but he is like a licensed 
exorcist. Yeah, that, that literally called an exorcist. He is a he is an exorcist. There's like training you have to go through, mm-hmm. and they spoke to him and asked, "What are the exact signs of someone who is possessed, as opposed to someone who has a mental condition?" And the guy did say that sometimes they go they coincide, but signs of being possessed are superhuman strength, not being able to look at crucifixes or rosaries, and like their eyes could go all white while looking at them, knowing where hidden things are where the person would not normally know where that would be and this part made me laugh out loud epileptic like seizures yeah (laughs) something about uh i will say about uh strength strength is something that you can't uh quantify as easily as people think they say okay small person must not be that strong and day-to-day things picking up furniture and moving house you know your house around stuff like that yeah sure but you can move your whole house around you you are very strong you are possessed (laughs) af But, you know, moving furniture around your house and so forth. But the thing is, is that dealing in mental health, there's little switches in our brain that protect us. And they stop us from picking up more than we theoretically should be able to handle, mainly to protect our muscles and our body from doing damage to ourselves. A good example is chimpanzees weigh roughly the same amount as their equivalent for humans. So the average female chimpanzee is about 120, somewhere around there, 130. And then a male chimpanzee can be upwards to 200 pounds, honestly. Uh, So we're looking at equivalents very similar, but they are five times as strong as us. Now, the one thing to remember is that With uh, some of the strength is due to their limbs being longer, so they got more leverage for lifting things. But a lot of it is just the way they think because their muscle is not that different from our muscle. It's very similar, in fact. So why are they stronger than us? It's because of these limitations. And you see this in mental health. You'll see people that it takes us five people to hold them down when it really shouldn't. I've seen a 90-year-old lady that had delirium. She was in the hospital. She was had her IV stuck in her and everything. She, made, she weighed probably like 90 pounds. She was like 90 years old. She was tiny and she was old. And it took five people to hold her down to put her in four-point restraints because she was taking that IV pole and swinging it for people's heads. All right. Or was she possessed? Well, <laughs> in the old days, they might consider that. But because she was in a hospital and she just had an operation, the conclusion was delirium. Treat her for delirium. Mm. And lo and behold, that fixed her. All right. Mm. So this is the thinking. It's like yeah. the soda strength thing is something people don't understand that well. Then there's like the mom that lifted the car to get her you baby got her. free. And then the I think the most... like. The closest to superhuman strength I've ever had is I have Todd's paralysis post-seizure. Harry was about two months old or so, and he was so he was still in like the bassinet because we didn't go sleep with him when he was that little. I had a seizure. I still had Todd's paralysis. He let out like this wail that I had never heard before. He, I think he just had a nightmare or something. But being new mom, I was like, baby crying. And I literally jumped out of bed and picked him up. And I'm like, no, wait, I'm supposed to still be paralyzed. And I told my doctor about that. He's like, that's what adrenaline can do. Mm-hmm. So that I still find like really interesting that I was able to do. Or maybe a ghost jumped into my body <laughs> and helped me <laughs> jump out of bed to help my baby. But this house isn't haunted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just know this one isn't haunted, but the apartment I lived in was. That mm-hmm. was it was insane. So who do you have to present as your argument of possession or Exorcism. It's me. Or epilepsy. 
I have a person named Linda Shantotis. Oh, I'm, I'm so I, worried you were going to do the same person. No, okay. they. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right. It was one of the ones I looked up. The first thing I'll start off was a couple facts. What year? Oh, she was very recent. Oh, like, okay. Th- like this article about her was in 2016. Okay. And so, but what was happening with her with the exorcisms was her from her parents when she was a child, and she's in her 30s or so. So I think we're I talking read about her. So we're talking about that kind of time frame. Okay. So first of all. of America believe in exorcism and in parts of the United States. And we're most like all things. We're from Canada, but a lot of our information comes from the United States because they do all these type of surveys. But even in some parts of the United States, 70% of the polls say that people believe in exorcism. 70%. So we're starting off with that as your go-to beginning. Okay. They're a lot more religious in certain parts of uh, the states than Canada is. There's a, a lot more of the what you would call the Bible Belt area in the states and very religious. So a lot of them believe in it there. So that being said, one of the statistics I found is that in the United States currently, there is roughly 100 trained Catholic exorcists. So trained exorcists currently, and it's going up because oh. the demand is going up. The people feeling that there is a demand. So if you were looking at it from my perspective, from a skeptic perspective, less education, poorer education about conditions like epilepsy and people taking the religious side of that and thinking they need an exorcist instead of looking for other issues. Now, that being said, just one of those exorcists was getting 1,200 calls a year for an exorcism. Oh, my God. That many people. So one of the uh, ways to relate to that is this lady, Linda. Now, Linda, this article was in 2016, and she was talking about when she was a child, when she was like even two years old. Apparently, she was a bit of a ragamuffin. She was like really a precocious child. They're two. That's two what years they old. do. Yeah. Well, the parents were very much into corporal punishment, did not like what she was doing. So she got punished harshly a lot. Aww. And at a certain point, they came to the conclusion that she was cursed by a witch. And so she grew up thinking she was cursed by a witch. And so about five to six times throughout her childhood, her parents dragged her and did very, very abusive, had a very abusive uh, exorcism done to her, like five or six times during her childhood. Well, how were the, how were they abusive exactly? They didn't go into details on that, but it was physical and mental abuse. And she had a lot of PTSD from this. I'm not saying they would not be abusive. Like, obviously they would be pretty scarring. I was just wondering, Mm -hmm. like, did they tie her down? Did they like hit her with a crucifix or something? What's the deets? They they didn't get into those details. What she did say is that she was traumatized and had a lot of mental scars from this as a child. And she believed for the longest time that she had demons in her and it was her fault. Oh. And so we're talking by the time she figured out that she was diagnosed, like she would constantly have these periods where she would hear sounds and she would have certain feelings and she would vomit and then she would go on the floor and have loss of uh, ability to control her limbs and then she had a lot of tiredness afterwards which if you're listening sounds a lot like Like an aura followed by a seizure you betcha yeah Mm -hmm. and so this she just thought it was the demons uh taking control of her for a good chunk of her 
for all her childhood and for a good chunk of her uh, early adulthood. And then she finally got diagnosed with a temporal lobe epilepsy. Was she taken to a doctor or did she go herself? That was not in there, but it did say that she finally got diagnosed. I think she probably just came to the conclusion at one point, I'm going to have a doctor finally check me out. And it was temporal lobe. As soon as she started getting on medication, all these issues started going away. And so this was very abusive. And she tried to continue to have a relationship with her parents. Parents were still abusive. And so she finally ended up having to cut off all relations with her parents. And she said she had a much better life after that. But it was one of these very negative impacts from having childhood epilepsy going on to adulthood epilepsy that they tried to treat with an exorcism by parents that were not the terribly loving type and were abusive. That's so sad. Yeah. Also so irresponsible. Parents, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Now, whether you believe in exorcisms or not, if something's going wrong with your child... Take them to the fucking hospital. Yeah, please. I guess, like, also this is the States where maybe exorcisms are cheaper than hospitals. I don't know. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, the states is brutal with their medical costs. It's I don't understand it. It's they uh, pay more in fees for medical services there, but get far far less than say Canada. They actually have like we have to pay into healthcare. They do too, and they pay up to fourteen percent of their entire national budget goes into healthcare, but they don't get anything out of it. It's brutal. Oh my god! I read a tweet actually. This girl said, "If I'm." What did she say? She was in the States and she said, if I ever need to go to the hospital, call me an Uber. I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars for a trip to the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what it costs. I remember having one. We talked about it down yeah, in the States. Yeah, one of our first episodes. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand bucks just to get taken to the hospital, which yeah. is ridiculous. It is. It's a bad time. But anyways, I could see that being a driving factor, like especially if you are of the bent where that sort of thing is a part of your belief system and it's a part of your nature. There's there's a combination of, well, this is cheaper and also a combination of, well, this makes me special because my my child or my family member is having this scenario and this is in line with... It could be Munchausen by proxy sort of thing. Well, exactly. And I think that that's probably a big part of... You know why stuff like this happens because like ooh like it's bad but also there's some romance to it so people are more likely to jump on that bandwagon and if there's also a cost savings involved and then you know you can you, the other thing that's I think attractive about exorcism from the perspective of somebody who's going through it or who has a child who they don't know how to diagnose is that there's an element of control and there's something to blame like if there's a demon in my kid it's the demon's fault. And I can control the demon. But if it's just a seizure due to a tiny little malformed node in your frontal lobe, that's no one's fault and you can't control that. Mm. So I think I think that's a lot of motivation for people who put a lot of stock in the supernatural. That's my personal take on it. But there is a sense of A, being able to explain phenomenon that are unpleasant and B, having a chance to control those phenomenon, I think are very psychologically attractive things to people. And if that means that your kid just gets to get abused in the process, then sometimes you lose sight of the forest for the trees and people suffer. Yeah. Because in the case of Linda, she was quoted as saying that this whole process that happened to her basically sent the belief that she was flawed, inadequate, and evil inside. Mm-hmm. And she grew up believing that. Mm-hmm. And she only was able to move on with her life when she was an adult a fair bit later and then got diagnosed appropriately and then 
cut off contact with her parents. So it sounded like all around, it was not a happy relationship anyways. With uh, the exorcism as part of it or not, it was not a happy relationship. So mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of abuse in that family. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, introducing yourself? I'm Linda. I have a witch inside me. Yeah. Like, if you see me shaking, it's because the demon's trying to come out. Like, yeah. metal, so, but weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, well, you're an interesting person. Tell me more. Yeah. So what do you got? I have Annalise Michelle, a.k.a. Emily Rose. Ah, Emily Rose. Yes, The That's Exorcism a- of Emily Rose. She inspired the 2005 film Exorcism of Emily Rose, which actually focused a lot on the actual court case of the negligence of taking care of their kid. Right. So this was in Germany. Okay. She was born in 1952, and she grew up in a very, very Catholic household. When she was 16, she had her first, like, quote-unquote episode, because they didn't really know what to call it. Um, She said that she felt like something was pinning her down by the chest. And about 16 months later, a similar thing happened, and her mom was like, let's go to the doctor. So... Good thinking, Mom. So they took her to the doctor, to a neurologist who did an EEG and everything came back normal. And they, so they chalked it up to seizures because let's slap a label on it. It's not really giving you a diagnosis. It's just, okay, you had a seizure. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. So they gave her an anticonvulsant and that was it. And then it happened twice more within three years and she was prescribed another anticonvulsant. On her fourth episode, she was given Dilantin. The EEG showed irregular patterns, quote, but nothing was definitive. So again, you have seizures. So they had no idea what was really going on by then. It was 1969. In 1973, she started hearing knocking, which some of her sisters apparently heard as well, but she also heard voices of demons telling her to go to hell. Her mom got scared when she saw, quote, Annalise staring at a statue. Okay, this part makes me kind of laugh. Staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary with black eyes and paws with claws. Paws with claws. Paws with claws. Did she have paws with claws or did the statue have paws with claws? The girl, Annalise, oh. had claws. She she was like an eighth of a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, she's quoted to okay. have said this. Later that year, Annalise told her neurologist that she was seeing visions of demons and felt like the devil was inside her, which I'm kind of saying horror flash. Because, mm. I mean, like... That's that'd be fucking terrifying, and a lot of people that have seizures, and we talked about this also, have is that more flashes. Yeah, it, like, what what I call a sense of doom. That's people right. Call, there was the guy that was saying that he heard like demons, like the mm-hmm. um. If like, it trips the right part of the brain, yeah, uh, and you got to remember auditory hallucination. And this goes back to Joan of Arc. It's like, what, what do you get raised? What is your language? And a lot of people misunderstand some of this stuff. You got to remember context. Yeah. Back in the day, you got raised in church. That that was just like a no-brainer. You yeah. went to church. You, it was kind of like if you didn't, uh, you were considered a heretic or things like this because you didn't obviously show your love for the church. And the church had a lot of power. Yeah. So you had this. So you knew your saints. You knew your, whether it was uh, Protestant or Catholicism, you knew all those details. It was drilled into you. So when you started having little parts of your brain being triggered with memories or thoughts, things like that, what are you going to be thinking about? 
You're going to be thinking of saints. You're going to be thinking of demons. You're going to be thinking of all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Also, it's an interpretation. Your brain says, I'm feeling this, and I think I hear a voice. It could be auditory hallucinations. But what are you hearing? You, you, you have to interpret it somehow. So Chalk it up to... Demons, demons or saints right. or what have you. Mm-hmm. She also said that she smelt burnt poop. Okay. Which could easily be an aura, but uh, her sisters also said that she they smelt it. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was burning her poop. We don't know. So a neurologist, her first neurologist actually said, you should probably go see someone in a church. He claimed later on that he never said this. Yeah. But, be terrible uh, for his career. Yeah. Yeah. Bad doctor. Not a good doctor. But yeah, his uh, he was like, yeah, you should uh, go and uh, see a priest. They can help you. So in 1973, they met Father Alt. Okay. Who is later, spoiler alert, diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, God. Possible schizophrenia. Sorry. So Annalise met a Freudian doctor. Freudian doctor who diagnosed her as neurotic with possible epilepsy and with epileptic patterns. She was put on Dilantin and Tegretol. Hmm. Just like Steve. Yes. Uh, I, I did start with Dilantin. Oh. Um, yeah. It's uh, The first one they stuck me on was that. It's a, an oldie but a goodie kind of. And it's one of those ones. And we've talked about this Yeah, as Teddy well. was on that. Ted- yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very powerful one and it does work really well. But the problem with it is it's also harsh on the system. Yeah. And for me, I was seeing double all the time. Oh. So that's why we switched to Oh, Tegretol. were you seeing demons too? Uh, not that I know of. No, he hadn't met me yet. <laughs> <laughs> she stopped sleeping. She started praying constantly and ate spiders, flies, and drank her pee. She broke everything Catholic-related in her house, rosaries, and crucifixes. She grew superhuman strength. Mm. She's not eating very much, so she's lost a lot of weight, and she mm. reportedly threw her sister like a rag doll across the room. Once again, possibly schizophrenia. Also, also I've had sisters. That's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how much. Yeah, they how age you. like how little was the sister? Never said the sister's age. Also, mm. people say they threw me across the room when they tripped most of the way. And yeah. I've been able to throw you. Yeah. At the dojo, and I outweigh Physics you. Physics related, man. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like it really depends on which Pokemon cards that little sister stole. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> so another priest steps in here, Roderick. He's an expert on exorcisms, and he's like, she's possessed. And he goes to a bishop to get permission to give her an exorcism. And he's like, sure, go for it. And it was performed by Father Renz, a new guy. So they recorded her first exorcism. I've heard the audio tapes, and they're pretty terrifying. She claimed that there were six people inside her, including Judas, Cain, Nero, and Hitler. Wow, it's a party in there. Yeah. And then Fleischmann, who was an ex-priest in the 1900s, and she described him to a T. And that was when they were like, that's like the only part that's like, oh, I wonder how she did that. Mm-hmm. This is sounding a lot more like schizophrenia. Uh, some of the people that are, where I work that I've uh, worked with before have reported multiple people that they talk to regularly. And even one person would say that, oh, this person... This is the person I talk to for this. And this is the person I talk to for this. And this is the person I talk to if I'm feeling this way. Oh, like as uh, internal voices? Yeah. Right. Internal voices. So I, I find that interesting. And it sounds possibly still seizure, but it's sounding more and more like schizophrenia. But you could also have both conditions. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's that very is. true. And that kind of actually comes up. So by 1976, she's biting others. She's banging her head. So they actually tie her up. So mm-hmm. she stops hurting herself and other people. 
And then she and she keeps refusing medical treatment. So apparently people are offering it to her, like, do you want to go see the doctor? And she kept saying, no, absolutely not. So by now she's about 80 pounds and she's had 64 exorcisms. June 29th. Sorry, how many? 64. Sorry, 64 exorcisms. At a certain point, you must admit that they're not working. <laughs> Maybe after three Well, or apparently four. there would be a little while <laughs> post-exorcism. Um, she would be... Okay, but again, she's still taking these medications that could also be like, hey, the medication's working. Yeah. So it's like uh, the demon's been released or the medication is working for a short while. I don't know. So on June 29, she has her last exorcism and she kept saying, please, absolution. And the next day her family found her dead, that she had died overnight. And at that point, sorry, she was 68 pounds and... 23 years old. Her parents, Father Alt, who was the first priest they met, and Father Renz, who was the one that was performing all of these exorcisms, they were all charged with negligent homicide Mm -hmm. for six months in prison, three years suspension from priesthood, and they had to pay all of the court costs. Family friends testified that shortly before her death, Annalise begged on her knees not to suggest medication. Father Alt apparently brought the first neurologist to see to see her out of, and I'm quoting here, scientific curiosity, not as a physician. So like, I just want to see the possessed girl. And apparently she didn't look like an epileptic. Okay, because we have a look. Don't oh we? yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's the fins. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, how you know a fish. So they got all up in her gill, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> um, the uh, this is the part that is kind of interesting here. Oh, all of this is very interesting, but this part I find like oh exorcism, but it's not. I know I know that she. Obviously, mentally, something was going on. But the autopsy showed that not even by a microscopic level was her brain damaged in any way. And there were no ulcers, even though she died of malnourishment. So that's very uncommon. There should have been some form of ulcers in her body. Court rules she was unable to make decisions and she should have been forced into medical care, whether it was sedation or being force-fed. And she was also in the end, diagnosed with epilepsy and psychosis. Hey. Years later. Yeah, right? Okay, so Felicius Goodman wrote a book on the case years later and said, quote, that her epilepsy was a statement of undisputable fact, not conjecture, as in they knew better. Mm. Yeah. So. That pisses me off. Yes, absolutely. So, yes, they went to jail for only six months. Wow. Negligence is one of those things that really doesn't carry a huge amount of jail time. And it's one of those things that can cause so much damage. I do like that it wasn't just the parents, though. It was Mm -hmm. also those two priests that were involved. I don't know if Father Alt was ever ever helped with the uh, schizophrenia that he was later supposedly diagnosed with. But, yeah. A couple points. The, the the vast majority of people, if you have a look at their brain, you don't have to have ulcers or things like that to have schizophrenia. It's, well, it, no, it, but with seizures and stuff, you would have some kind of brain damage. It, not necessarily. And it may not be visible brain damage, especially from the technology from the 70s. That's very true. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, we they, don't know what the heck's wrong with Steve's brain. <laughs> yeah, like they've done so many studies. They, they take pictures and it's like, well, where are you going to look? Because you got to remember the vast majority of the diagnosis there would be from x-rays. And if there's not a shadow or a tumor or something like that, 
it's not going to show up. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of it, you can take apart the brain and just some neurons not firing in the right direction or in the right way, you can so totally have no brain damage. Also, with multiple seizures, it depends on whether the seizures were depriving the body of oxygen. If they're not, then they can still breathe, which means they're not going to get damage to the brain. Mm-hmm. So there won't be dead areas. So there's a lot of things there that will not show up. Also, dissecting and, a brain is going to destroy some of what you're looking at. Yeah, that's as true. You go. So I don't consider that conclusive information. It's one of those things that's a, a curiosity at most. For sure. And I think I I would most definitely say that sounds so much like, like we were saying, it sounds like a seizure, but also sounds like schizophrenia. Yeah, it was epilepsy and psychosis is what they brought it down to. Father Alt, something that I found almost amusing, but in a very depressing way, just what I find a lot of things interesting. <laughs> Father Alt apparently brought Annalise's audio recordings. There right. were, I think, 64 audio recordings of her first exorcism as evidence that she was possessed. There's a lot of 64s in this story. Yes. Either that or I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Let's just say there was a lot. There was a lot. There were 60-somethings. So that's... That's a lot. That's. I mean, it would make sense if there were 64 exorcisms, there would be 64 audio recordings. But yeah, you can find them online and they're absolutely horrifying. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, I was like, this is all in German, which to me is a scary enough language because they always sound really <laughs> it's not angry. The, it's not the friendliest language. It's kind of like Klingon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, to me, I'm sure English can sound very scary as well, depending on who is speaking. Oh, yeah. Think, but, yeah, y- yeah like, there's, there's, you hear this girl and it's... Uh, yeah, it's horrifying, like, who is inside you. And then she kind of, like, does this, like, she names Judas, Cain, Nero, and Hitler, even mm-hmm. though she had just claimed that there were six people inside her. And, oh, look, an angel just joined us. Mm-hmm. Say hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. All right, should we sign off? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to do a shout-out to the lawyers who were able to put Annalise Michelle's parents and the two priests involved in their exorcisms into their rightful place, although I believe they deserved more present time. Uh, you can reach us at fishoutofwater101 at outlook.com. Our Twitter handle is at fishpodcast101. Our Facebook page is fishoutofwater colon carpe diem. And my Instagram is live.wigandcarswell. And yes, thank you again so much, Jenny, for coming in. No worries. My Instagram is at jbirdmorgan if you want to see some fun illustrations. She is also the one that did our logo. Hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your Instagram, Steve? As long as we're shouting out Instagrams. I don't even remember. It's at SMactimus01, I believe. <laughs> you were right. Yeah, I remember you saying Jenny knows it. Yeah, exactly. I pay so little attention. <laughs> I to know it. his phone number and he doesn't. So <laughs> <laughs> I do know my phone number. I've had it for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. What is it? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> What's your credit card number? Sin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you like a joke? Always. Okay, this is another Jenny special. Okay. Yay. Okay, then yes, I actually want it. <laughs> what is an epileptic's favorite drink? A martini that is shaken and not stirred. <laughs> Possibly, but there's another one. All right. It's a gin and tonic clonic. Oh, that's good. Hey. I like it. I like it. I thought that was pretty clever. That is good. I love it. Nice. Okay. He didn't roll his hard eyes quite so hard as the first one that I made up. <laughs> Carpe diem. Get it? <laughs>